Good morning, this is Pastor James Phipps at Wilson General Baptist Church, Sunday, April 26, 2020. Glad you guys are here this morning. I hope you have your Bibles, that you can go over these scriptures with me. But as we do this, let's just open us up in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day and give you all the glory and praise. We thank you for everything you're doing and everything you've done. We know that your word's true. And Titus 1-2, you cannot lie. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You do not change. And we thank you for that, Father God. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you are in this message and lead and guide and direct me in this word that we can learn something and be hearers of the word and not only hearers, but doers of the word in Jesus' most precious name. So today I want to talk a little bit about God's will. And we know God's will is from Genesis all the way to Revelation. But uh, Jesus is the perfect example of God's will. And I want to turn to Acts 10.38 on this. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. What Jesus did was good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The Bible reveals that in the last days, people will call evil good and good evil. That's in Isaiah 520. And that's already being done today. If we cannot dis discern between what God is doing and what the devil is doing, you won't know what to resist or you won't know what to yield to. But that's a very good thing is to be able to discern between what is God is doing and what the devil is doing. And that's important to be able to discern the word of God and understand it. In James chapter 1, 2 and 4, 2 through 4, has been twisted and misused, I believe, in teaching that God controls everything in your life. No, he doesn't control. You have a free will to do what you want to. But I want to read this. It says in James chapter 1, 2 through 4, it says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that your trying of your faith might work with patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Worketh your faith. And we know that by Romans ten seventeen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we know that we increase our faith by that, is hearing and hearing the word of God. That's what increases our faith. And it works our faith when we get in situations and temptations. In Romans chapter 15, verse 4, says that patience comes through Scripture. So, patience comes through Scripture. You know, the more word you know, as you know, the further you go. And with patience, it brings you to the stability to be able to stand on the word. And let me read Romans 15, 4. It says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. You know, in faith it says, Now faith is, Hebrews 11, 1, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Without hope, you can't even move. So thank God for hope because you have hope in his word. You have hope, you have a desire to learn. And that's one thing we have to have is hope. 
that patience is simply faith applied over a prolonged period of time. I want to read that again. Patience is simply faith applied over a prolonged period of time. You know, when you read God's Word and you believe God's Word and you trust in God's Word that God cannot lie, you make that part of you, regardless of what's going on around you. He's first in everything. When you were born again, God gave you faith and patience. They are fruit of your brand new born-again spirit. And we know what that is. It says, but the fruit in Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the spirit is long-suffering, patience, and faith, isn't it? So in those fruits of the spirit, they surround you in the fruit. So, the fruit of the Spirit applied to your life. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, all these fruits that are around you, what they do is protect you from the enemy that tries to come in. Is you can, you can walk in love toward people that aren't so lovely. You can be patient and kind no matter how mean they are. It doesn't matter. But God's good, and he's been good to you. He's been faithful to you. You can be faithful to his word. And once you see this applied to your life, it changes you because you see the results of it being applied to your life. And that's once you see that, it's over for the devil. He can't do anything about it. So patience does not come through hardship and tribulations. If you already have patience through the Word of God and the fruit of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, it has to be used before it is reached to its full strength. Notice that. has to be used. That means you're going to go through some things, doesn't it? But you have to use what you have on the inside of you and apply it to your life to see great success. You become a better soldier when you are attacked and have put your training into practice. There's a difference between intellectual knowledge and experiential, your experience knowledge. Problems are not given by God to make you better. If you think they are, then you'll welcome the embrace those problems as being from the Lord. And you know, God's a good God. That's what the Bible says. And the devil's a bad devil. Every good gift comes from the Father above. You'll attribute evil to God, which is wrong. And Satan will use that to kill you. In James chapter 1, 2 and 4, isn't saying that God puts problems on you any more than an enemy comes against you to make you a better soldier. They come against you to kill you. You know, John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes to give you life and life more abundantly. There are certain things that you need to submit to and others you need to resist. 
in James 4, 7, it says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist. Don't accept it. Don't receive it. Resist him. There are certain things that are from God you submit to these. And there are other things that are from the devil. You resist those. Fear isn't of God. Sickness isn't of God. Resist means to actively fight against. If you don't actively fight against the devil, then you have submitted to him. It's one or the other. Can't be both ways. In James chapter 1, 12 through 13, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. If it is good, it's God. If it is bad, it's the devil. God is a good God. The devil is a bad devil. And we know John 10, 10. I just quoted it. Anytime you get that confused and start embracing problems, it will destroy you and render you useless. People who think that the Lord's will is coming to pass with or without them having to blame God for the bad things that are happening in the world. Say that one more time. People who think that the Lord's will is coming to pass with or without them have to blame God for the bad things that are happening in the world. Everybody blames God. It seems like anybody, you know, a lot of people blame God for things, but we know it's not God. It's the devil. That's his job. That's his job. Not only does this mindset give you a skewed opinion of who God is, it'll destroy your relationship with him as well. There are a lot of people in the nation who are training, turning against a God who is a good God and represented as the one who sent the terrorist attacks, earthquakes, floods, and hurricanes. See, a lot of people want to blame God for that. But that's not God. That's nothing to do with God. What we have to do is hold our faith toward those things that are good and pure and honest and who our God is. And He's a God of love. In the Old Testament, yes, was our wrath, but He took that when Jesus went on that cross. And that's why I say Jesus is a perfect example. He went around doing good, He didn't go around doing evil. And he's our example. And so if he's our example and God made him 
to be our example. I would say good things come from God. All good things. And bad things come from the devil. But we have all sorts of ideas about stuff and what we think is happening. I just want to tell you this, is that whatever you go through in life, God will turn it around for you if you allow him to, and you'll walk in it, and you'll walk right through that valley. Not saying that we're not going to have hard times. We're going to have hard times. But we can walk trust in God. And remember, a valley has two ends to it. A beginning and an end. No reason to get stuck in the middle of the valley. Just keep walking. Just stay with God. And you'll get through it. I think we've all been there. I think we've went through things. Just like I said, ex when you experience what God has done, You'll never forget that. Never. And an experience manifested in you brings true, solid faith in God, knowing that He can do all things. That's the God I serve. A powerful God, and a mighty God that wants the very best for you. Trust His Word. And seek the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to lead you and guide you today in all your ways. And He'll keep you. He'll show you things. But ask Him. Just allow Him to come into your life and talk to Him just like I'm talking to everyone right now. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. We just got to take time to do it. Sometimes we get too busy to do that. But get unbusy because it's important in your life. Now, as I close this, close this service, I want to thank you for listening to the full podcast. If you have questions or uh, you'd like to get a hold of me, you're welcome to get a hold of me. You can reach me at our website, wgb-church.com. And there's comments down there. There's phone numbers that you can reach anyone there. And if you would like to ask Jesus into your life right now, repeat after me. Father God, I know that you raised Jesus from the dead. I believe that. And God, I ask that you forgive me for my sins I've said and done and cleanse me by the blood of Jesus, by 1 John 1, 9. And I believe and receive you have. And Lord Jesus, right now I ask that you come into my heart and live forever. And I believe and receive right now that you have. And I thank you for this and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've prayed this prayer with me, please let us know. Contact us. Uh, Get to that website if you can. We'll talk to you real soon. Probably have some more podcasts. But I can't wait to get back to church. Uh, and I love to see people. So let's be praying that we can get back as soon as we can. Love you all. Talk to you real soon.
Good morning, blessed and highly favored. This is Pastor James Phipps at Wilson General Baptist Church, May 3rd, 2020. Glad you're here this morning. God has got good things for us. And remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. So we need to be happy in everything that we do and everything we say. I've got a blessing for you today. You get to hear my wonderful voice. We're gonna sing the song, Nothing But the Blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fault I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fault I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. <clears throat> you know, I want to say something about that. The blood, you got to believe in the blood for it to work. You know, the blood of Jesus. Uh, that's how G God sees us is through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrificial lamb that died on that cross for us. That blood is powerful. Plead and apply the blood of Jesus over your families today, over you today. That's what the enemy can't cross that bloodline, the blood. It's all in the blood of Jesus and just remember that. And you can make that song up uh, with different verses if you want to, because it's nothing but the blood. <clears throat> I wanted to talk to you this morning about the response of faith, you know, and, and uh, how we apply faith to our life and uh, get it to move so that we can see great success in our life. But we have to believe what the Word says. We can't just read it and say that's nice. We've got to make it part of us. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So I want to open us up in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this glorious day that you've given us. I thank you for everything you're doing. <clears throat> I thank you everything that you've done. You're such a good God and a mighty God, worthy to be praised, worthy to be honored, Father. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come into this uh, message this morning and lead us, guide us, and direct us into all truth through this message, Father God and uh, lead and guide me that I speak the things that you want spoken <clears throat> and not the things you don't want spoken. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> so it says here, both grace and faith need to be combined to see the power of God released in your life. It's grace, it's grace by faith that you receive Jesus Christ. You know, in Ephesians 2.8, it states, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You've got to understand that because when you truly understand grace, 
is unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it and you didn't earn it. It's freely given to you. So it's not about a performance-based Christianity. It's about just believing that Jesus Christ died for you on Calvary. That's what it's believing in, is believe that he did that for you and arose and is alive today, sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's just grace. You, you can't earn it. You can't be good enough. You can't do good things for society and think you're going to make it to heaven. No, you've got to receive Jesus, but you've got to believe that it's just by grace. It's not performance-based. Like everything here on earth is performance-based. This is one thing that's a free gift given to you freely. All you have to do is believe it and receive it. So grace or faith taken by themselves at the exclusion of others, it is actually uh, disastrous and will destroy you because it's not going to work. You can't work yourself into heaven. You've got to believe that Jesus died for you. It's through grace that you receive that. You must recognize that some things are from God and some things are from the devil. That's a key thing too. You got to know what's from God and what's not from God. And you got to know who your God is. Is he a good God or a bad God? Well, God's a good God. But a lot of people say he's a bad God. Uh, but he's a good God. He sent a great example, Jesus Christ. Uh, and Jesus Christ went around doing good and healing the sick and the oppressed. So that's a perfect example of God's will. And God's will, we know, is from Genesis to Revelation. But right now in this present time, that's who he sent. And that's our example. And it says in James 4, 7, it says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You are the one who will allow Satan to come in or not to come in. You're the one that allows that. And sometimes we blame God, but we need to watch our words, what we say, and how we act of, for our own self-preservation in the kingdom of God. So they're both listening the kingdom of hell and the kingdom of heavens both listening to you, which way are you going to talk? You're going to talk positive on what the word says, and you're going to go by what the word says, not by what the world says. But if you go by what the world says, then you're not in the kingdom of heaven. You're in the kingdom of hell. You got to understand who you're going to serve today. You're only going to serve one or the other. You can't serve both at the same time. You can't say 10 and 12 at the same time if you're counting numbers. So you're going to do one number or the other. But serve God. That's the key. In 1 Peter 5.8, <clears throat> it emphasizes, your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You see, he's looking for the weak link. He's looking for the, the weak individuals that are not strong in the Lord that might know the Lord, you might know Jesus Christ, but you're not be, you've not been abiding with him. And what I mean by that is when he comes to attack you, do you know the word? You know, can you remember the word, the scriptures? And that's what you need, those scriptures in you so that you can apply those scriptures to your life just like James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. <clears throat> submit yourself to God. That means get with him, abide with him, and get to know his word. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me in judgment will be condemned, for this is a heritage of the servant of the Lord. 
And it's not of my righteousness, but it's of his righteousness. See, it's not our righteousness anyway. It's his righteousness that gets us through this world. And we've got to understand that too. When we receive Jesus Christ we, and got baptized, we receive the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We died to this world and live unto Christ. And we're, we're a mighty moving force for the kingdom of God. That's what you've got to understand. But your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may destroy. The devil cannot devour everybody, and he cannot do things to you without your consent and cooperation. That's a very key thing to knowing something, is that he cannot do anything to you unless you consent to it or cooperate with it. And sometimes we do it not knowingly. And that's a key too, is keep your mouth positive toward the word of God. You cannot effectively fight against something if you think God has ordained or permitted it. That's another thing. If you think God's permitted something, how do you come against it? Because you'd be coming against God. You see, you've got to know what's good and what's bad. You, there's no middle ground to this, no gray area. You've got to know if it's coming from God or if it's coming from the devil so that you can fight the good fight of faith because if you yield to it, the devil's going to have his playground. He's going to eat you alive. Consider when the Israelites came out of Egypt. In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt, tempted God, and limited the Holy One of Israel. And this is in Psalms 78, 41. It says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. The Lord is not forcing His will upon us individually or uh, cooperatively as a nation or a group of people. He's just not doing that. You've, you, he's given you a free will. You can do what you want to do. That's a wonder thing, wonderful thing about our God. You have to cooperate with God to see his will come to pass in your life. You know, that's a key too, is you can do what you want to do, but you're not going to see God, God moving in your life if you're going to do what you want to do. But if you want to see God move in your life, you're going to have to start serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're going to have to put down uh, certain reading material and start reading the Word and getting that Word inside of you. In Deuteronomy 7.17, it says, If thou shalt say in thy heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispose them? Which is saying that, that something's greater than you, but God is greater than anything in this world. God cannot bring deliverance in your life if you yield to fear through unbelief and doubt. And that's a very key, and we'll turn there to uh, Deut Deuteronomy 7, 15 through 18. It says, for I am the least of the apostles. No, it's, and the Lord will take away from these sickness, all sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of e Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all, all them that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shall thy service their gods, for that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thy heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispose them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt will remember that what God, Lord, thy God, did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. 
You have to choose God's will. And you know, God's will in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 9 through 10, it says, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meant to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. The Lord extended grace toward the man who was killing his own people. You know, he, he put grace toward Paul, which was named Saul, but he put grace toward him. And we can, we can definitely see that. Um, it states here in Acts uh, verses 9 through 5, it says, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecute. It is hard for, the, for thee to kick against the pricks. And then Acts 2.37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Acts 7 through 55 through 60, it says, But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfast into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You know, however, if he hadn't responded and labored more abundantly than all of them, he might have read the report about how Saul become converted, but he hadn't have ever, you know, he wouldn't have ever become Paul, the apostle who wrote half the New Testament and did all these great miracles. You know, Saul went on and he repented and got back with God, got with God and, and wrote half the New Testament. For God's grace, and that's the grace of God. What he's freely provided for us to work in our lives, it takes a response on our part. The grace of God is the same toward every person, but not everybody labors abundantly to see what God's purpose and plan is for their life. God has a plan for your life that is superior to anything you could ever plan on your own. You need to follow him. You need to do whatever it takes to follow God. Balance grace and faith together. God, by grace, gives you gifting, talents, and abilities that are completely independent of anything you deserve or I deserve. You need to discover that God has done 
done everything by grace. What he's provided, what his will is, then there needs to be an appropriate response on your part, which is what the Bible calls faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1 1. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Romans 10.17 You need to understand that when you apply your faith, you have to believe what he says. You can't just halfway do it. You can't halfway get in the water and expect to receive. You gotta go all the way. So I encourage everybody that's listening to this to start applying their faith to small things. If you haven't applied your faith to things, start applying them to small things because there's nothing worse than pray and pray and pray and never see any results. So you need to see why you're not getting results because it's not God. It's not the word. It's something with you. And I found that out many years ago. Sometimes I wanted something to happen quickly. Well, it wasn't quickly that it happened, but I had to stand and believe God that it was going to happen regardless because I know his word was true and I was applying the word of God to the situation. And I know uh, sickness isn't part of the kingdom of heaven. And I would stand on that word knowing who I am in Christ. Whether it be a cold, whatever it is, I start with the smallest things and apply my faith to it. Or whether it be praying for someone when I lay hands on them. It says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Well, you're righteous through Jesus Christ, right? It's not your righteousness that healed him. Wasn't your ability that did it. It was his word that did it. And you believing what his word says. And you're under his righteousness, not your own. Anyway, so you got to realize that too. Well, I'm going to end there, folks. And I'm excited to, we're going to be reopening soon. We're going to start the steps of getting the church back opened up. And I'll be so excited to see everybody. Uh, in the meantime, keep yourself in faith and receive everything by grace, unmerited favor. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. It's not a performance. It's just based on the word of God, believing in the word, what Jesus said, all his promises are yes and amen. And there's a lot of promises in there, hundreds. All you have to do is stand on them and believe them and you'll receive them and you'll see great success in your life, and you'll be able to help your neighbors. And that's the key. Because we're children of the Most High God. So if, if we'll just, I'm gonna close this in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this day. Give you all the glory. I ask that you be with each individual this very, this very day on Sunday morning, that you would bless them supernaturally, Lord, and that they would desire to spend time in your word and apply that word to their life to see great success. And that's what I ask, Father God, that they won't have to call anybody. They'll be able to do it themselves and just apply that word to their life and see you move in their life. And I ask of this. And those that, Father God, are already applying your word and you're already moving in their life, I ask that you provoke them to help other people and to expand the kingdom of God for your glory. And we ask in Jesus' name. And you know, those that are sick, those that need salvation, Father God, I just pray for the sick. I pray that you would touch their bodies, Father God, and heal them and deliver them from their destruction in Jesus' name. And Father God, for those that are not saved, 
I ask that you say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask that you forgive me for all my sins I've said and done through your blood that was shed on Calvary. And I believe and receive that you have forgiven me for all my sins that I've said and done. And I believe, Father God, that you raised Jesus from the dead and he sits at the right hand of you right now, God. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you come into my heart and I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. I'll talk to you real soon. God bless. Have a wonderful day. If you need to call me, give me a call anytime. Bye-bye.